Opening day has come and gone. It's time to panic. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. There's my lower third. Let's start this again. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. There's my lower third right there. Call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last 10 years, and I'm now officially part of my fifth full season here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on my personal site. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And please, please make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or follow some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is indeed your team every day. And download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNMLB for Game Time. Get $20 off your first pitch, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That would be Game Time. Thanks so much for making us your first listen as we're here. And this season has indeed begun. You're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Baseball games have started. That's right. Games are going on today, too. The season has begun. And, oh, man, this has been, I got to say, um, building into this year with the World Baseball Classic, um, there, there's an added excitement to it. And we saw a bunch of things. Of course, it, it's so early, it's not even April. It's not even April. I will bring up why one game is disturbing and should be disturbing to a fan base who apparently hates your pal Sully. But let's go on over some stuff. Aaron Judge, picking right up where he left off, hit a huge home run right out of the gate. Um, the, the Red Sox, uh, I was uh, texting with a friend of mine who I went to uh, middle school with in Massachusetts, and he was on his way to the ball game, and he said, we got – Corey Kluber pitching tonight and I said great now all the Red Sox need is a time machine to take Corey Kluber and Chris Sale back to 2017 and maybe they'd have a good shot to win this darn thing um yeah that was uh the 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 game that happened between the Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles on um on Thursday is a great example of why you would rather lose a game 10 nothing than 10 to 9 Ten to nine, I think, is one of the most frustrating ways to lose a ball game, because if you lose ten nothing, you think, okay, well, there's there's no autopsy for this game. We they hit the snot out of our pitchers and we couldn't score a run. You kind of wave your hand at those. If you lose a game one nothing, it's really frustrating. But at one point, you got to tip your hat to the pitcher. You got to say, all right, well. You, you got us. When you lose 10 to 9, that's the worst because, damn it, 
you scored nine runs. You know, you scored a, uh, you average a run an inning. If you scored nine runs, you better win that game. A mediocre game from a pitching staff would be a five or six run output. You know, you held them to five or six runs, which isn't great. It's mediocre. But if you just did that, if you just achieved mediocrity, hell, eight is bad. So all you had to do was be bad with your pitching staff. But when you score nine runs and lose, well, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Braves jumped right out. Uh, Travis Darno got a big, huge hit. Uh, Ozzy Albies got a hit for them. I mean, I mean, it was basically what you would want from the Braves making quick work of a bad team in the Washington Nationals. Uh, a good sign for the Cubs. This is when you see good signs when you see people being healthy and producing well. Marcus Stroman was was absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, shut out the Brewers, struck out a bunch. And if the Cubs have any, one of any hopes of having a decent year and being a surprise team in the division, you know, having a strong pitching staff will do that. And first game out of the gate for Marcus Stroman, so far so good for them. Um, Tampa Bay Rays, by the way, they wore their Devil Rays. Did you see that? They wore their Devil Rays jersey and had their Devil Rays cap. I kind of like that. Go Devil Rays. Go. I want to see a lot of Devil Ray uniforms in Tampa Bay. Um, McClanahan pitched great. Yeah, they, they're playing the Tigers, but do you know what? And I'm going to get into this in a later segment. These games count. And you got to win the games you're expected to win, especially if you're a team that's a little bit on the fringe, that you're like, okay, I think we have a shot of winning. If you're a team like Atlanta or Los Angeles or San Diego or Houston, you know you're going to win a ton of games. You know you're going to pile up the wins. All right? If you're a team that's like, I think we got a shot at a wild card game, you got to try to win all the games you're supposed to win. So Tampa's starting the year off with, with you know, Jose Siri hitting a home run, which, by the way, he hit the, the – he drove in their only run in the postseason last year in the two-game sweep uh, by the Cleveland Guardians. And the only run Tampa scored in the entire series was a Jose Siri homer. And when he homered on uh, Thursday, I thought, is anyone other than Siri going to drive in a run? But the Rays got good pitching and got timely hitting. And it was a, it's a good start for them. Um, but the Pirates and the Reds are a classic example of two teams. No one's counting them to do anything. So when they play each other, they think, well, something's got to give here. The NL Central kind of fascinates me. St. Louis is by far the favorite pick to, you know, to win the division. I picked them in the division. I, virtually everyone I know picked them to win the division. But they're hardly a super team. And they could potentially be vulnerable. And we saw a little bit of that vulnerability yesterday to Toronto, which they lost 10-9. to 9. Again, worst kind of game you can lose. Of course, there's 161 games to go. You can make up for it. But again, I'll get to this in a later segment. For a team like the Cardinals, you can't allow a team to think they've got a shot at this. But right now, the Pirates, who won a weird kind of back-and-forth game, um, not, a lot of bases loaded walks, O'Neill Cruz got a home run, some timely hitting by Pittsburgh. They managed to hold on, and, and you know they scored a run in the eighth inning to take the 5-4 victory. Um, again, teams are going to win, teams are going to lose, a lot of time to make up. But if there's any teams in the National League Central thing, like 
Do we have a shot? Getting out to a good start, at least psychologically, may help the team. Especially if you're a team like the Pirates or the Reds who are thinking, we don't really have a shot this year. Well, at least start off well. Maybe build upon that. Um, by the way, uh, one of the big acquisitions and the big trades that happened last year or last offseason was Pablo Lopez coming to the Twins in the deal that's centerized to the uh, Miami Marlins. Uh, one game in, Pablo Lopez looks pretty good. Again, against a bad team, the Kansas City Royals, but still, you got to win those games. And he did, and he pitched very, very well. Thank you very much. It was 2 nothing shutout. One of the weirdest games that took place on opening day was between Miami and New York, the Mets. Um, it was Scherzer versus Alcantara, which is two, you know, big Cy Young contenders, assuming that Scherzer stays healthy. We're already seeing there's a little bit of health issue with Justin Verlander. We'll see how serious that is. I hope it's nothing terrible. Um, they locked antlers, and both teams hit timely home runs. Uh, Brandon Nimmo hit a big home run. Uh, Scherzer struck out. Uh, he struck out six. Uh, Garrett Cooper got a big two-run home run, which briefly gave, uh, which briefly tied the game for Miami. Uh, the the Marlins bullpen ultimately lost the game. The Mets won five to three. Um, again, it's a positive thing. Uh, segment two is going to be all about why these games, some specific games, kind of matter at this point. But a good solid start there. The, I think the most thrilling game that happened on uh, opening day was between Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. Uh, two very well-pitched games there. Uh, Dylan Cease, who I wasn't, you know, Dylan Cease was a, a legit Cy Young contender last year. And he was someone that I thought like, okay, he he could, uh, you know, he had an outstanding, I was, he's a good pitcher who had a great year. And sometimes when you have something like that, it could be a bit of an outlier. Kind of like when Bob Welch had that amazing season in 1990. Welch was always a very good pitcher, but that kind of seemed a little bit, you know, that was a little bit of an outlier. But uh, Cease pitched very well, and Framber Valdez pitched, you know, picked up where he left off in the World Series, the five shutout innings. Um, But the White Sox got some key hits, uh, including a big uh, home run, by uh, um, who the hell hit the home run? It was uh, Alvarez had a huge home run for um, for Houston. Wait, who the hell? I, there wasn't Mokata. Mokata tried to stretch a uh, try to stretch a double up into a triple. I'm sorry, I have to go to check uh, baseballreference.com. I'm sitting here. I I I have my notes out here. Who hit the big home run for the uh, um, um, for the uh, uh, White Sox? Why am I, why am I losing my mind here? It was, uh, oh, Grandal. Sorry. And then Andrew Vaughn hit the go-ahead hit. So, sorry about that. I, I'm juggling a lot of different, if you saw my screen right now that I'm looking at, it's it's an absolute, uh, absolute clutterville. Um, the uh, CJ Cron had a huge day for the uh, Rockies. And uh, the Padres looked like they were going to go off to a great start. And Cron hit a pair of home runs. And in the end, the Rockies cruised to a 7-2 victory. Uh, the Mariners got a great got a three-run homer from Ty France in the eighth inning to break a scoreless tie. That was a pretty exciting game, too. The Dodgers rolled right over the D-back. Sorry, Miller. And then, of course, Shohei Otani throws a, a wonderful game for the Angels, helped by some terrific defense. 
But in the end, Otani struck out 10 in six shutout innings. And uh, he wound up getting a hit and a walk as well, because why not? And then the Angels' bullpen came in, let up two runs in the eighth, and the A's won two to one. Those games, and I'm also going to talk a little bit about the, the Phillies and the Rangers. The reason I'm bringing up some of these games, yes, it's early. We cannot overreact. We can't. But there are games you just can't lose, whether it's in September or in March. And there's some games that when you and some games, conversely, that when you win, you think, oh, man, we really dodged that one. That's pretty cool. We're going to get into segment two, what those kind of games are. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about, drum roll, please, game time. That's right, game time. Now, what is game time? If you're buying tickets, and I'm going to a ball game next week, you want to go them to get your tickets for your favorite events, this should not be a stressful thing. Game time is there to relieve the stress. There's enough stress going on in the world anyway. Use game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With great deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to have. You get great deals. Last minute, should I go? Well, let's check out game. Whoa, we got it at game time. Great seats. And you can check out where you're going to sit. You can you can view the seats, images of the seat views, lowest price guaranteed. And guess what? Event cancellation protection is there. Any other reason you may have to drop it, they're there to help you out. Now, you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Load Game Time today on your smartphone or on your device. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's Game Time. I'm going to bring up a couple of games. And bring up, and I've talked about this last year, I'm going to talk about it again. The concept of the teeth grinder and the dodged bullet. Again, it's March 31st. There is a lot of baseball to be played. 161 games for these teams. I know. So I'm not going to panic over certain things, but I do want to point out certain kind of games you cannot lose whether it's March or September, and the kind of games that you want to win, whether it's March or September. The Rangers had one of the games that you want to win. Yesterday, they played the Philadelphia Phillies, opening day in Texas. First game for Bruce Bochy. First game for new ace Jacob deGrom, the one who apparently I have a vendetta against. Okay? deGrom's first start did not go as planned. Now, I can't say, oh, he was bombed. He looked terrible. No, at some points, he looked great. He did He did strike out a bunch of batters, you know, and, you know, he got kind of, you know, he kind of got unlucky on some of the hits that, that landed. So, I mean, it wasn't like he let up one home run. Yes, he let up six hits, but he also didn't walk any. He struck out seven batters in three and two-thirds innings and didn't walk any. So, 
at some point you can't say, you know, yeah, it's not the outing that that Ranger fans were, were fantasizing about. And he starts the season with a 12.27 earn run average. Fine. Fine. It's his first game in the new stadium. It's fine. Okay. He, you know, he got unlucky in that, in, you know, he, in, uh, in a couple of innings there. And, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about DeGrom in terms of that performance. I'm worried about whether or not he's going to give the Rangers 20 starts, but I don't sit there going, Hey, see, he was a bad signing. No, it's not what I'm doing at all. But that is the kind of game we're going like, God, we put our ace on the mound. And we have to bring him out before the fourth inning is over. When there's a game like that, you think, "Oh my God, this is horrible." We're we, we can't we we brought him in to, to be the guaranteed wins to to give the bullpen a day off to to give the the bats you know take some of the pressure off the bats. You don't have to score nine, ten, eleven runs. But alas, the uh, Rangers bats bailed him out. As the Phillies, remember, our defending National League champions, put allowed the Rangers to put up a nine spot in the fourth inning. In the end, Texas won the game 11-7. That is called a dodged bullet game. That is a dodged bullet game because that's a game that psychologically, if you're, I can't speak for the players, but if you're a fan, admit it, you thought the game was over. We never think that. Bull. There's 162 games. The greatest teams in baseball history will lose 50 games. The worst teams you will ever see will win 50 games. It's those 62 in the middle that could bounce either way. And you want to make sure you win as many games that you look like you have a stranglehold on. Don't let those slip away. Those are called teeth grinders. Or the ones that are, oh, God, we're going to lose this one, and you wind up putting it in the win column, that's a dodge bullet. Those middle 62 are how many of those teeth grinders or dodge bullets go this way or that. There's going to be 50 times you blow them out and 50 times you lose without a shot. But 62 times, those are the games that are the difference between playing in October or playing golf. And the Texas Rangers had a game where they're like, God, we put our ace on the mound. We got our, we got thumped and you still won. Those are the games you want to build up. By the way, if you saw me do that, it's because a big piece of dust was floating right by the camera. Those are the games you want to pile up. And it would be interesting if you were a Ranger fan, or I'm going to bring up the Angels in a second, to tally how many games over the course of the season you think to yourself, oh, man, we've got this, that they lose. And tally those next to the number of times you're watching a game, going, oh, God, we're not going to win today, and you wind up winning that game. It'd be interesting to tally, to see if at the end of the year, if your team is a plus or a minus. Are you, do you, have you won more games that you thought had slipped away or did you drop more games that looked like they were in hand? I don't know if I have the energy to do that for the Rangers and the Angels. 
and I bring those two teams up specifically, Cardinals would be another interesting one there too. But you got to pile those games up, whether it's in March or September, because they add up. They add up fast. The games you shed no business winning that you won. That could be the difference. Conversely, if you're a team, and I'm specifically pointing out teams, as I said before, that either are on the fringe or a team like St. Louis. St. Louis is the nominal runaway favorite, but not because they're a super team. They have holes in their rotation. They're very top-heavy in their superstardom, and they're relying on a lot of young players from what is uh, admittedly a very fertile farm system to hang on and, and have them win the National League Central. But if there is any division where a team could sneak in, it's the National League Central because the runaway favorite is a team that in a, uh, in a balanced schedule is probably not a 90-win team, which means if you're a surprise team, if you're a team that is good, well, no one saw that one in the division, which I actually don't think is going to happen. I think St. Louis is going to win just by default. But as we did our, our National League Central preview that you heard the other day, um, the Pirates are rebuilding, the Reds are rebuilding, the Brewers are probably going to tear the team down, and the Cubs are in flux. So there's four teams not really putting a pennant contender on the field, which by default means St. Louis will probably win. But if St. Louis allows for an opening, if St. Louis doesn't get out to a great start and suddenly some upstart team wins a bunch of games early on, it could make a team think, hey, we got a shot. We got a shot. I can't stress this enough. Don't even look at the standings until Memorial Day at the end of May because it's just too, there's too few games to make sense of the standings. Except if you're a team that nobody's counting on and you get off to a winning start, if you're going into May, going, hey, we have a winning record right now. Hey, what's going on here? And the thing that could make that happen, and I've seen it happen before, is when the runaway favorite stumbles out of the gate. And suddenly some upstart team takes advantage of it. The best example that I can think of is in 2012 when the Marlins went on a big spending spree, the Phillies were the best team in baseball, and the Atlanta Braves were a solid contending team. And they all disappointed in 2012, which allowed for a talented Washington Nationals team that was so confident they weren't going to the postseason that they said, we're going to make sure Steven Strasburg will be shut down in September, wound up running away with the National League East before anyone could know what was happening. In order for something like that to happen, you have to have teams disappoint at the top. And if you're the Cardinals, you say, we're not going to allow ourselves to be disappointed, then you lose 10 to 9. 10 to 9. The worst kind of score to lose. Again, everyone's going to win. Everyone's going to lose. You try not to pile up those games. They'll happen. They're going to happen. Just try to. That's why the tally would be interesting. If you're a Cardinal fan or a Ranger fan, there's the Rangers on the outside looking in. They want to see if they can 
you know, crash the postseason party. The Cardinals want to make sure nobody will steal their division title away from them. Be interesting to do a tally like that and see, did they let more get away or did they steal more from the opposite side? There's one other team we got to talk about because what happened last night, yes, it's March. Yes, it's early. You cannot let that game happen ever. I don't care if it's March. And we'll talk about that and also talk about the other tally that I'm going to be doing all year long. But right now, look it. It's time to talk a little bit about FanDuel. Why FanDuel? I'll tell you why FanDuel. Because March Madness hitting big time. We're going to be seeing a weird Final Four. No one had this Final Four going on. It's heating up. Who am I rooting for? UConn. UConn. That's right. My mom went to UConn, so why not UConn? Well, San Diego State would be kind of fun. Anyway, it's heating up. There's no place that's better to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on Everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join the FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel.com slash LockedUp. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Uh, by the way, I hope you listened to the uh, MLB season previews we had. And uh, by the way, I also hope you checked out the In Memoriam video that I dropped in on the uh, feed for Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, please check that out. And if you like it and hopefully it tugged a few heartstrings, uh, you can enjoy that too. All right. Um, it's funny. The comments towards me in the AL West preview, I can't tell who hates me more, Ranger fans or Angel fans, because I'm not picking them. Um, I want to see the Rangers do well. I like it when teams haven't won. I did a whole thing on that. I also like to see the Angels do well. I love Mike Trout. I love Shohei Otani. I live in Southern California. I'm skeptical about both teams. And Angel fans and the Ranger fans there hated me for bringing that up. All right. Here's something. If you're an Angel fan, you're still a team on the outside looking in. You gotta win games. You gotta pile up wins. And remember, by the end of the year, there's always a case where there's a team that's one or two games out. Even no matter how much they expand the playoffs. And we saw it last year. They kept expanding and expanding and expanding the damn playoffs. And the Brewers finished one game behind the Philadelphia Phillies. The Brewers played golf, and the Phillies went to the World Series. If the Brewers won two more games throughout the course of 162, they would have gone to the postseason. If the New York Mets had won one more, one more game somewhere along the line, they would have been division champions and would have avoided the wild card round against San Diego. Adjust that. Um, so when you're looking at, okay, we, a game here or a game there, the Angels went to Oakland. 
remember I said the Oakland A's are going to be better than people think because this will be a bunch of times teams are going to circle Oakland on their calendar as a bunch of easy wins, and they're going to walk away and go, oh, man, what the hell happened there? Okay? But if you're the Angels and you have dreams of going to the postseason, you've got to beat up the teams you're supposed to beat up. And if someone gives you a great performance, you can't flush that down the toilet. Now, lest we forget what Shohei Otani did last night. He got a hit. He got a walk. He pitched into six. Oh, he pitched, I was pitched six innings. He six shutout innings, striking out 10 A's batters. But the Angels only scored one run. And when the Angel bullpen came in, the A's scored two and won the game. Again, it's March. You can't panic. But I will tell you something. When you have a game on the schedule where you have your ace, you have the one that you say, okay, write that in ink. We're going to beat a bad team. And he pitches wonderfully. And all you had to do was score three runs off of a bunch of anonymous A's pitchers who you don't know, I don't know. I checked to see if I was one of them. If you're the Angels trying to crash the postseason party, look it, you're going to lose games like these. You just can't lose too many of them. You can't make this a habit. Otani is going to start 25 to 30 times this year. You already flushed one of them down the toilet. Six beautiful shutout innings. L, not for him. I, I, and I don't even, I don't even like looking at win-loss records because I actually think they tell you nothing. They tell you Zippo. Dylan Cease was brilliant last night. No decision. Shohei Otani was brilliant last night. No decision. Win-loss record doesn't really tell you a thing. But those are the three teams, the Rangers, the Cardinals, and the Angels. I would love to see if they let more games slip away, like the Angels did to the A's, or that they grasped a game that they had no business winning, like the Rangers did against Philadelphia. If the Rangers are going to win, or if the Rangers are going to make the postseason and prove me wrong, games like what happened last night will be one of the reasons why it happened. Because they'll make the playoffs for one or two games. And you look back, remember that game right at the beginning of the year when uh, DeGrom had to leave in the fourth and they still won it? Thank God we won that game. And they finished just ahead of the Angels. Remember when the Otani pitched great against the A's, but the Angels couldn't get a run off of them? I'm not overreacting. I know some people are going to say that I am. I'm not. I've seen enough baseball seasons to know that a team can get off to a horrible start and go on to win the World Series. We saw that happen with the Washington Nationals a few years ago. We saw that happen when the Braves had a losing record at the trade deadline. They went on to win the World Series. We've also seen instances where a team gets off to a fantastic start and then crumbles down the stretch. I remember the 2011 Red Sox, who got off to a horrible start and had a horrible ending. And a brilliant middle of the year. And if just one game, just one game in one of those stretches, they won instead of lost, they would have been playing in the postseason. I've been down this road enough to know that the teams that get in steal more games than they give up. So 
The Angels could go on a 10-game winning streak right now. Change the course of the year. Remember, the Angels got off to a great start last year. And people were like, oh, Madden, Otani, Trout, everything's finally clicking. Then they went on a massive losing streak and the season was done. It can happen. We saw the Twins were tied for first place on Labor Day and then got steamrolled and had a losing record by the end of the year. It can happen. A lot of baseball left to be played. But if you're a team that's on the outside looking in, keep an eye on those games. Those games that you stole like the Texas Rangers did and good for the Rangers. Winning a game where you didn't get your best moments for DeGrom and DeGrom's looking around going like, Wait a minute. I never got run support with the Mets. Is this what it's going to be like in Texas? Who knows? Maybe the Rangers are going to have a terrific year. It is only March, but keep an eye on it. These games count too. And if only one game is going to separate your team and a trip to October, then stealing these games in March makes that stretch time a little easier. By the way, I'm also starting my tally of who owned baseball. We make my little video shorts where I tell you who owned baseball, which is my NL and AL MVP as a hitter and a pitcher, the best players on who who performed. Uh, and on a winning team, get a full wob. From a losing team, get a half wob. And I do the tally of that. And in the end, it makes for the, the final tallies at the end kind of resemble what the uh, the awards turned out to be. Last year, um, the, the the hitter with the highest who owns baseball total turned out to be, in the American League, turned out to be Aaron Judge. In the National League, turned out to be Pete Alonso. The American League pitcher with the highest WAB total was Alec Manoa. National League was uh, Alcantara. But the highest all-round total went to Otani when you combine his pitching and his hitting. So it's uh, it's just my fun little tally. So follow. I'm going to po- post them on the YouTube channel, and you can follow the, the up-to-date tallies at Sully Baseball on Twitter and Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And hey, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring out the best fantasy draft strategies. Locked On Fantasy Baseball, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Overreacting, but not really, to opening day. This has been Locked On MLB for the final day of March. Tomorrow it's April, and I don't like April Fool's Day. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.